0: I speak of the loyalty placed upon a noble
1: crown. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the New Outriders Podcast I am your host Taliland With me as always are my co-hosts Roxanne and Les Arian How are you guys doing tonight?
2: I'm wonderful, thank you. Great, Cal, no, thank you.
1: And our guests tonight are a pair of Dukes, uh, Tundra and Quylan, Uh Tundra of Star Wars The Old Republic, and Quilin is the last man standing in World of Warcraft. Not quite, but he's up there.
3: Hello, everyone.
0: Hi, hi, everybody.
1: We've got to do some more supplicating ourselves in front of Lasarian this week as the online roster went live, and there are... A number of people already populating it. Good job, Lass. Thank you very much. Now, you've given instructions to, I believe, the branch leaders and uh, Heraldess Lakasha from DDO on how to enter people from their rosters. Is that
4: proceeding? Yes, it is. Um, the only. Um, I've received uh, an upload from Tundra, which is already up there, uh, and I haven't received uh, anything yet from Lakasha or. Uh, But they say they're working on
3: it And I think this morning I finished up all the history of Star Wars So uh, Several players will have like just partial snippets Of their time on Star Wars With a lot more to fill in later From the other branches I'm sure
2: Awesome I can't wait to see it
3: You haven't looked at it yet?
2: Not today I I have been busy sir I've had some things I've had to attend to
4: I see alright well Yeah
2: I know, I'm falling down on the job.
1: She only spams the site on Sunday, Wednesday, and
3: Friday.
2: So give her her a break.
3: (laughs) Moderation is good.
2: Hey, speaking of moderation, I just have to congratulate someone. They are, I believe, 38 posts away from having made 1,000 posts. 1,000. Just by the lonesome. Yes, tallow.
1: Well
3: Congratulations sir Thank you
1: As evidenced by the fact that I host our podcast I love the sound of my own voice Even in text apparently
2: Well I decided to slow down And let you get ahead of me so
3: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) I think those West Coasters are going to catch you pretty quick though
1: I think they have formed When he says West Coasters We're talking about OJ Sierra and Valak I think they've formed a little cabal Yeah that have just decided that the forum belongs to them now and the rest of us
4: are powerless to stop them. They're like Sith Lords, just battling for control. (laughs) I've been enjoying it tremendously. Uh, I think
3: that's the best, like, I don't know, YouTube videos that they've, like, scrounged up.
2: (laughs) And if you'll notice, they're all of the House of Unicorn. I'm just saying. I'm so
3: proud. I think. What was Was that? that? it's a conspiracy i think
2: yes it is
1: now moving on from the roster um last also put up a wiki on the site and i believe that last meant that to be for the shadows of yserbius um but we sort of hijacked it we sort of hijacked it to make it a whole nor wiki and um that was just for you are you perturbed that we stole your wiki <laughs> no.
4: actually uh, the intent of it was, uh, well, I was. Enti- you're right. I mean, it was entirely, literally just for my own kind of entertainment and putting together the, the, Usurbius wiki. But uh, I'm actually thrilled that that people are interested in using it and have been kind of going nuts on it. Uh, Tallow and you and Tundra, I think, have been the most prolific uh, contributors so far. But people are, you know, they're filling in their member pages and doing all kinds of stuff. I think it's great. I had no idea people would be interested in it. I thought it was just, you know, something for me to screw around on while I was bored.
3: No, I, think well, I think it's, it's awesome for our, our rating just to update our constant uh, guides and stuff that we're always using and trying different strategies that we can just, you know, keep track of it and not have to uh, edit somebody's forum posts when we can just do it on a, a wiki that's made for it. It's been awesome. All
4: right. Well, I wondered if that was easier to use on a wiki or if it... But the forums were were the way to go. I think,
1: I think you think can you can do more with the wiki than you can with the forum. The forum is pretty limiting in terms of style and formats. Um, the the wiki's you know fairly limiting too, but it's it's more open than the forum is. The forum's really restrictive.
2: Well, I have to say, I am very intimidated by it. Um, you know, I I just I uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's I don't easy.
4: know. It it's easy.
2: It's
1: easy, um, and there's a couple pages. If you click on the Help button in the navigation menu, mm-hmm. um, I've put up a style guide that last gave the okay to earlier today um, that's just how you should format your pages and do stuff like that. Um, gotcha. Probably sometime this week, you know, tomorrow or Wednesday, I'm going to get just the basic editing tutorial up so everybody can see the various wiki markup options so that bold is uh, two single quotes on either side of your text. Italics is three single quotes on either side of your text. Um, You know, a a level two heading is two equal signs on either side of your text, that kind of thing. Um, So I'll get that up so that at least everybody will have the formatting that they need to actually build the pages. And maybe if we get really ambitious, we'll convince Last to install a a what-you-see-is-what-you-get add-on to the to the wiki. And I didn't I mean, realize those existed. Did you? But, um, I, I personally, I prefer just doing it in wiki code. Um, there's less, there's less garbage that way.
3: Yeah, and you learn so much just like, looking at someone else's code, because you can, you know, view it and read it, and then there's a little tab that will say, edit or view source, and you can see all the, the code, and a lot of times you just kind of copy and paste and fill in your own information, and just doing that you you learn a lot,
4: oh yeah, i mean it's not it's not at all complex rocks it's it's intended to be simple and easy to use,
2: okay, well, I really love to have a a page on my character and uh you know being in Nor with her and i I think everybody should do it. Cause you have one it's interesting. waiting for you to edit. I know, but you know, everybody put a story of you know how they came to Nora and you know their characters and how they like to play. Um Bo, are you Wikipedia do you know how to wiki?
0: I I do not. I'm just I'm just listening now and taking notes.
2: See? Me and you, notes. we can learn together.
3: Well there are a lot of great member write ups already, so there's plenty to read. Awesome. I'll have to check it out
2: tomorrow, or today after the podcast.
3: Oh, wait, it's not Wednesday.
4: It's not your forum and wiki reading day.
2: Uh, I don't like you guys.
4: Yes, you do. That's why you keep showing up.
2: <laughs> well, that's true, I guess.
1: And if any member wants to get a profile made on the wiki and so they can edit pages, how would they do that?
4: Uh, best way to do it is to post on the forums under the N O R wiki uh, thread. I think there is one, one that's titled, you know, wiki accounts, and uh, people just have been posting their names on it. When I see the names, I just go to the wiki. Uh, I think we we put a default password up there, right? Yeah, did yeah. we not? And you could, if you sign up, you sign in with your. Uh, I used everybody's. Field names uh, that, as they appear on the forum, so whatever your forum name is, just type that in as your username, put in the default password, and include your email on there, and you can change the password to whatever you like. This is going to be good. Yeah, I hope more, more people get involved. That'll be great.
1: Let's move into some news from the realms. Uh, no news from Turbine from Dungeons & Dragons Online since they announced the Shadowfell Conspiracy expansion about a month ago. Um, I have heard that uh, player numbers are down lately, um, at least on our server, as far as DDO is concerned. Um, I know that there is a push from the player base to start merging the final four North American servers down to one um, so that uh, pugs and things can start going again. But it sounds like, um, not just NOR, but game-wide, DDO players are starting to take a hard look at Neverwinter. Um, as DDO is getting a little long in the tooth these days. request 2, the beta for game update 66, Scars of the Awakened, is currently available. Um, It's scheduled to be released for everybody on April 30th. Update 66 includes the option to create and sell uh, gamer-decorated houses through the player studio. It also includes the new Siren's Grotto dungeon, um, as well as new quests and class challenges. Um, So if you're an interior designer, you can design and sell houses through the player studio to other players and earn your fortune that way.
2: Oh, wow. I love that. I love to do stuff like that. Too bad I don't really play EverQuest 2. I'd make a fortune. Guild
1: Wars 2, besides the third part of Fire and Frost that we discussed two weeks ago, uh, the April update also included uh, Super Adventure Box. Uh, which takes Guild Wars 2's jumping and platforming elements to create an old-school Mario-themed world. Um, comes complete with, like, chiptunes music. Visually, it looks sort of like any of the 3D Mario games. Mario Galaxy, Mario Sunshine. Um, it looks very cool. I've, I've heard from a lot of people that it's actually very fun and is part of the reason why Guild Wars 2 is so popular right now because it's just completely off the wall, but... They did a fantastic
4: job putting that together. I saw Sale's post about that, and I didn't read too too carefully about it. And I wasn't quite sure what that was all about, but uh, I like it that they're they're kind of trying new things here and, and just sort of doing things just for the just for the sheer enjoyment of it. It sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just a complete like one off event that really doesn't have an effect on anything, but is very very fun, and I think. That should probably happen more often in MMOs.
4: Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you really don't see that in a lot of MMOs, and uh, um, I think it's early for them to be doing stuff like that, so you really got to give them props. I mean, um, I haven't uh, explored it yet, but I plan to probably tomorrow get in Guild Wars 2 and check it out.
1: Well, I mean, with monthly content updates, which is the schedule that ArenaNet committed themselves to, they've got to have something up their sleeves because if every month they just ratchet up the main story conflicts of the game, I think, you know, within a year everybody's going to be, like, just burned out and destroyed by how intense that would get. So having something like this in there as a breather would be probably pretty important to the actual life of the game long term.
2: Yeah, well, that's true, too. That's true, too. So, hey, guys, we should get in there tomorrow and do it. Let's play some Guild Wars.
4: Well, I'll be playing Star Wars tomorrow.
3: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, me
2: oh,
4: too. Oh. Well, for Warcraft. What about me?
2: You want to play some Guild Wars, too?
4: Oh, yeah, let's get right on it.
2: <laughs> Come on. That's a fun...
4: All right, I, I think I'm up for Rift here. Uh, bad news for Trion Worlds. Rift in Korea apparently is shutting down. Uh, the game in Korea went free-to-play last winter, but that wasn't uh, quite enough to overcome competition from Blade and & Soul and Diablo 3 in Korea. But Trion says it will have no impact on U.S. operations, uh, and the company just released its uh, Defiance. Um, that is a... Uh, sort of a joint venture between Treon and Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. Tallow, is that right? The television series? Yes, And sir. game? Yes, sir. That is uh, supposedly going to be, you know, shadowing each other as far as the storyline progresses in the game and in the show as well. Yeah, like major
1: NPCs from the game are the characters in the TV show, I guess. And it's this whole giant multimedia synergy strategy that we haven't seen from...
4: From a game before So that's That's kind of cool Well they're touting it as that I'm not sure we haven't seen it As a game before I mean I I sort of feel like They're making some pretty Not to poo-hoo it Forgive me for doing so But I mean It it looks great And I'm kind of curious myself As well But I I think they're I think they're overreaching On the uh, You know Revolutionary nature Of it a little bit
1: Well I mean We'll see how long The TV show lasts Before it gets cancelled
4: That's going to be The real key
1: (laughs) That's not an easy market To crack
2: well, okay. Um, thank you, Lass. Uh, on to news from WoW. Hot on the heels of the release of Patch 5.2, the Thunder King, Patch 5.3 is already on the public test realm. 5.3 includes a new battleground, a new arena, four new scenarios, and the introduction of heroic scenarios, as well as the requisite upgrades to pet battles and the brawler guild. With heroic scenarios, um, you get uh award, awarded valid excuse me, awarded valor points as well as the scenarios also drop raid finder quality items. They do require pre-made groups um, and they include optional side objectives for extra valor. The four scenarios in in 5.3 are included, as well as Crypt of Forgotten Kings and The Brewing Storm from 5.0. The story progression, um, the Dark Spear Trolls are in open rebellion against the Warchief. Alliance heroes will scout Ogrimmar's outskirts and engage in SI-7 espionage to weaken Garish's power structure. Horde heroes will help Vol'jin's insurgency survive an assault from Garish's elite Corcron... Is it Corcron? Guard.
1: Now, and you, you still play WoW a lot. Um, I mean, this all started ramping up in 5.1 and 5.2. Um, can you see it from the Alliance side? Can you feel that the Horde is splitting itself apart?
0: Well... Yeah, there's um there's a scenario you can join, and then um actually a Horde scenario. It's part of the, that storyline where they, they they put out a bounty on Bulgin, and you're actually working with Bulgin, and they think that you know, he's dead, that they've killed him, and he's actually alive. So yeah, you do it as an alliance, but it pops you in as a Horde character, it gives you you know a different appearance. So you kind of get the feel for it, but overall, you definitely get more. If you're playing Horde, you definitely get a little bit more feel in that thing game. Have you participated in the Brawlers Guild at all? No, I haven't. Not not at all. Oh, well, the
1: Brawlers Guild. Um, I watched a whole bunch of fights. I could not afford an invite off the the black market auction house. They're very expensive. Um, yeah, that was, but that was mine. <laughs> it's very, very fun and very, very difficult. But they're they're ending with 5.3 new bosses and a couple new ranks. Previously, it stopped basically at rank seven. Um, now they're going up to I believe nine with the the requisite new bosses. The, the final boss in the Brawlers Guild before was a Tyrannosaurus Rex that was riding a rocket with a guitar playing undead on its back. Um,
2: Wow. <laughs> what? And,
1: it's, it's, and it's, its name is Epicus Maximus. Um, Epicus
2: it's actually, It's
1: actually, I love that Blizzard did it. It's actually an inside joke from the beta for uh, Cataclysm, not even Mist of Pandaria. In Cataclysm, uh, you know, you get to go to the Maelstrom very briefly, and you get to watch a, a little cutscene with Thrall before you actually go out to the leveling zones. Um,. And there's really nothing else in the Maelstrom. So when that zone got data-mined way back in the beta, a bunch of people on the forums complained that there was nothing there to see. So a Blizzard artist grabbed one of their, their Devilsaur um, models, stuck it on top of a goblin rocket, and put a guitar playing um, Undead on his back and they would, named it Epicus Maximus and had it driving around in the Maelstrom. So if anybody, like, managed to glitch the game and get into the Maelstrom, which you shouldn't have been able to do by normal means, it just utterly destroyed them. Um, so that was, just a, that was just an inside joke for the duration of the beta. And now they brought it back in the Brawler's Guild as one of the, the final bosses of the current tier.
2: That's awesome. I love that. I believe the
1: sore also has a laser beam strapped to its forehead. <laughs>
2: Of course. Not to
1: overdo it at all. No, not at all. Um, Other Blizzard news, not necessarily WoW news, um, they announced on their last earnings call that uh, Diablo 3 still has, despite, you know, all the bad press around it, still has three million players every month, and um, many days a month it still tops a million players a day. Um,
4: So, all of them Korean. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, with the death of Rift in Korea, they could all be Korean. I imagine there's a fair chunk of them that are also Chinese. Blizzard seems to do very well in Asia. Uh, moving on from WoW, we'll go to Elder Scrolls Online. The first wave of beta invites did go out at the end of March. Um, it was a very, very small wave. Nobody from Nor got in, to my knowledge. It was only designed to test things like the launcher and login systems. So the people that got in were able to like create an Elder Scrolls Online account and see if they could log in, but from there there was no gameplay from there. Um, and um, ZeniMax said that from the beginning that the beta was going to start from like the earliest stages of you know can you even log into our network? Wow, really? And i don't i th- I think they're just paranoid. I don't know if they're just being thorough or what, but that's where the beta is uh They haven't announced when the next wave of invites will go out, but um all signs are pointing to sometime in April and the,
2: so well some... well, you have to admit I mean the way some games have been released and they've had problems with you know the login and things like that, you know.
3: Uh, yeah, that almost sounds like pre-alpha, though not not so much. Pre-alpha. Yeah, it's
2: not, it's not
1: even that that yeah. state the game is at. The game is up and playable. It's it's not they're letting they're not letting people test it yet. It's play oh. the network. They've never actually tried to play the game off of their local network, so that's the first thing they tested.
2: Gotcha. Hey, Bo, are you um? Did you sign up to be a tester for Elder Scrolls Online?
0: Yes. No email yet. <laughs> <laughs> to
1: test it? everything. Do you know which faction you're planning on playing?
0: Uh, no, not at all. I uh, uh, Gosh, no. I have not even thought that part. Okay.
2: Well, I think um, that's, This is going to be a game that I'm going to invest in for sure. Um, probably Jay and I both
0: will. It's funny, I just reinstalled Oblivion just to go play it again. I, just, I don't know, I, I wish I could really get into the bear. Someone get into the beta and they open it up a little bit more. Here's something, you
2: know. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Certainly got a lot of press on their side now. Um, moving on, Neverwinter's open beta starts April 30th. Um, it's nice to know that the beta for Neverwinter that I signed up with 18 months ago um, never cashed in. So I'll be able to join the open beta on April 30th with the rest of the scum.
2: Ouch.
3: That sucks. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. It's all right. Were... I think it's funny. Were... I tried to give you an alpha. You wouldn't take it. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I didn't have time at the time.
1: I do now. Um, well, until Friday.
4: <laughs> you do now. You have
1: exactly, like, three days. Do have three days. Open beta starts on April 30th, and it's more It's more like a soft launch than an actual beta. Um because it's open to anybody. Anybody can get in. They can start playing the game. There will be no more character wipes after April 25th. Uh, the cash shop will be open. So it's beta in name only. The game is, for all intents and purposes, it's out, but they're going to call it a beta until they're sure everything is stable and they get those last couple of features or maybe classes added that they want to add. Um, last, you'd be familiar with it. That's sort
4: of how MechWarrior Online is doing things.
3: Yeah. Hopefully they won't be in beta for like two years though.
4: That's, it seems to be a trend for people to be, you know, whether it's beta or not is, I guess, a subject for debate. But they're calling it beta anyway, and they're they're leaving that zero in front of the version for a much longer period of time.
3: It makes sense. It gives them an the excuse to hold off on stuff and and get it, it all does, cleaned up. It
4: gives them carte blanche to really screw up if they have to, and you know, and, and then just have to say, hey, it's beta, guys, sorry.
1: And if you're a full-on free-to-play game, there's really no downside in doing it. If you're a game that requires a subscription, when that game launches, it has to be ready.
4: Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine why anybody who is releasing a free-to-play game would, would, would not use that to their full advantage and just have a, you know, a, a three-year beta if that's what they need to do.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it works for them, and um, I think there's a, a lot more hype surrounding Neverwinter now that it's getting that much closer than there was even six months ago.
2: Well, you know they have uh, founder packs that you can purchase, which is kind of crazy. But I mean, have you done that, Tundra? Are you doing a founder's
3: thing? Uh, I did the the medium. Uh, I figure since the game is mm-hmm. free and I'm going to play it, I might as well support them and give out some money. I mean, I so think like you know, that. Details?
4: What are they? Is it expensive? Is that the problem?
3: Uh, yeah, like there's like the Epic one, which is like $200, and then there's, you know, a $60 one, which I was like, eh, that's the price of a normal game. It's going to be free. I'm going to put some time in it. So I'll I'll pay 60 and, and get the game a little bit earlier than everyone else and make sure it's going to be worth my time. Well, you get a couple, couple of nice
2: perks out of it.
3: Uh, yeah, there's some in-game stuff, which uh, I've never been a big fan of, of in-game freebies, but that, that's just me. But you get, like, this really cool horse
2: mount for the medium level, and then the expensive level, you get, like, a spider mount.
3: Yeah, yeah, you get some mounts and some pets, uh, and then some uh, in-game <laughs> objects. And you get a,
1: I don't know what the conversion rate or anything is, but it looks like a buttload of in-game currency.
3: Yes, you do.
2: 600,000
1: Astral Diamonds.
2: Yep. Yes, (laughs) 600,000 for the medium and then the
3: expensive one. Isn't it like a million? I think. I I know it's quite a bit, and and that's probably right there, paying the the money. I can't imagine
1: ever giving a game $200 at once. I mean, I've spent more than that (laughs) on subscriptions for a while. Um, I've probably spent that much on Star Wars The Old Republic, just in terms of, you know, the $50 box plus 15 bucks a month or whatever. But I can't imagine ever paying that all at once for a game.
3: Well, I know Not when even... Star Wars launched, they had the $200 deluxe edition. We yeah. got uh, exclusive vendor and some in-game stuff.
4: Stock and Disney. <laughs>
3: Stock. <laughs>
1: How about you, Q? Are you going to play Neverwinter at all?
0: That's something I haven't looked into, but I guess I'm going to have to. Um, I probably will. I, I usually check them all out just once, you know, put to run.
1: The combat, I haven't gotten to play it, Tundra has. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. The sure. combat is a lot more like an actual game than it is an MMO where you're just smashing a button bar over and over.
3: Yeah, it's, it's very fast paced. It's all about you know line of sight and and where you're standing. You got to make sure you dodge. So it's it's set up for like a console style gaming. Um, I feel it's very similar to the um, DC Universe Online type of gameplay.
2: And that's the same with healing, right? Because I never did get
3: the uh, healing. I haven't. Well.
0: Game. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, shut healing. up. <laughs> Healing is kind of tough uh, because you don't have, you can't target a person. You have to see right. them, and you either throw an area effect heal, or they need to run out of the, the thick of battle so you can get a, a good line of sight. Uh, oh, so wow. it's going to take a lot more uh, um, oh, co cooperation to to make it happen. Wow. Well, Andrew,
4: can I ask you a little bit about the the, the environment? Is there is there perchance any opportunity for, for the players to be standing in any sort of flaming or fiery spot on the ground?
3: Oh, my God. Uh, th- th- oh. There are some uh, flaming areas. I-, I don't think I've taken any uh, environment damage yet that I'm aware of, but uh, visually there's some there. <laughs>
0: right, right. We, we know who should probably stay out of that game, though.
3: Oh,
2: you be quiet!
4: They need to. Well, that 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 medium package needs to include some special boots, <laughs> some fire resistance.
2: <laughs> well, I can't lie, you know. But that's every what makes it so exciting. Same two people
0: would die. Every boss.
3: But the no. the graphics are are beautiful though, and so April thirtieth. Hopefully, we will get a, a large uh, number of nowhere on there, so we can uh, build a branch and and
4: start You have. Do you have a group of nor playing there now? Do you? Uh, we
3: have uh, eight of us currently that uh, are on and off. Uh, we, we've tried to schedule a few dungeon runs, and we've had a couple successes. Uh, we've not successfully built a guild during the uh, the testings. Um, so hopefully on the 14th we're going to get together and spend 15 minutes trying to to make sure we can build the guild.
4: I saw that uh, that post on the forums. I was wondering what you guys were talking about. It seemed like... There was something with the game that wasn't allowing you to do it or was it just a matter of getting everybody together at once
3: um, well so one time we all tried to get on there and it just gave us a bug, and error of some sort and then the next time they had uh, did some repositioning of uh, where the the characters or the NPCs were and uh, so he the, the guild master creator wasn't there and we didn't know where he went. And then another time, it was right before, uh, one of the, uh, the public, or the closed betas, and they had some additional, um, restrictions, so we couldn't, couldn't build it then. So we, unfortunately, not had another opportunity where there were five of us at one time in the same area. But hopefully we'll rectify that on the, on the 14th, so we can be sure it is up and ready.
1: Paying 25 gold to sign my guild charter. Just yeah. spam that in chat like everybody Christ. in WoW does. All right, so let's move on to... Nope, let's not move on to that yet. Let's move on to Camelot Unchained. Uh, the Kickstarter is currently underway. It is doing well. It looks like it will probably make its $2 million goal. Um, there is a thread on the forum soliciting to see if people want to donate... To a group Nor donation, um, the minimum guild tier in the in the Kickstarter is $600. Last time I looked, we were at about 350 or 400 for the for the Nor group donation. Um, we would have to get that done fairly quickly and get all the the money actually donated to Nor, so that the last or whomever is in control of the checkbook would have time to get into Kickstarter and actually make it before it closes. So. Um, I don't have a firm deadline yet, but I'm going to put one on the forum in the next couple of days when we need to have it all settled by before we just tell everybody to donate individually if they'd rather do that. Um, but we're very close to having at least the 600, and Lakasha and I have been spamming some old Dark Age of Camelot members who were, you know, norm members in good standing, um, who we know who just you know aren't active in the game right now, um, seeing if they want to come back and do it, and you know we'll see where that gets us to.
3: I was going to say, uh, yeah, once you get those numbers up, we'll send them out in the newsletter next week as well.
1: Yep, and um, the the post on the forums is in the Future Games Forum. Uh, the thread is titled, Camelot Unchained Kickstarter Guild Donation. Um, there you go. Targeting the $600 one, but, you know, if any of you is rich and you want to donate more, there are $1,200 and $1,700 tiers. Um, $600, oh, wow. $600 tier comes with 10 copies of the game. So, um, obviously, we'd like to do it with, you know, 10 or fewer NOR members making donations to that one, uh, just so that everybody donates, actually gets access, without somebody having to, you know, volunteer not to. Um, the $1,200 tier is 20 copies, 17 is 30 copies, and then each one has bonuses um, on, like, future subscription price discounts, um, an extra month of game time, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, we'll see where we get with that, um, Obviously, we had Mark Jacobs on our podcast a couple of months ago, and I'm very excited about that game. That said, I mean, this is a Kickstarter to start making the game, so, I mean, the final beta for the game is not even planned until the latter half of 2015. So, it's going to be at least two, two and a half years away.
2: Well, um, I'd wanted to ask Bo. Bo, did you ever play Dark Age of Camelot?
0: I did. I sure did. Did you Really? Not long It was one of the games I was kind of just In and out of I never stayed I like make a character And play for a few days And go back to EverQuest I think I was playing At the time I kind of bounced Back and forth
2: Oh So have you heard Anything about The Kickstarter Or anything like that
0: No Matter of fact I am uh, I'm bringing up Internet Explorer now (laughs) And checking it out As you guys are Talking about it
2: Yay well, that's it, it's exciting, you know, although it, it is... I'm trying not to think about it, because it's so far in the future. You know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen.
1: Right, and, you know, eventually there's going to be a Kickstarter game that makes its goal that doesn't get made. And when that happens, anybody who donated isn't going to get their money back. Um, yes. I mean, it's going to happen eventually that a game that makes its goal doesn't get produced. Um, there's been some... Less high-profile, less expensive games where that's happened, where it's been an independent studio of one or two people, and they just you know ran out of money and had to take day jobs again. But you know the big the big games like uh, the Planescape one that's currently going, Richard Garriott just finished a, a Kickstarter for basically the Spearixual successor to Ultima, um, Chris Roberts with Star Citizen. Eventually, one of these games is going to get funded for multiple million dollars and it's not going to make and there's really nothing you can do about it at that point because that's just one of the one of the deals with Kickstarter. You're donating to this project that you hope happens, but that doesn't guarantee that it will that it will
4: happen. No, it's like speculating on the stock market. But that's not to say with ten million dollars on the line that a class action suit will not be filed.
2: Interesting. Now that's going in a direction that's kind of interesting
4: to me.
1: But you know, it hasn't happened yet, so. I
4: think they should do it like the stock market. If it were me, I would be offering, I wouldn't be calling them donors. They do call them investors, but you need to offer a financial incentive to do so. If you're going to take that risk, even though it's it's only $30 or $40 or $50 or whatever it is, there should be some financial incentive for doing so, especially if you have to wait for three years. You know, I mean... Yeah.
2: They
1: have, there is a... There is a Kickstarter like system in Europe that actually does that where you're not just donating, you're actually buying shares. Right. Um and it's only in one specific country in Europe. Um they tried to do it here and the laws surrounding that were so Yeah, you can't do it. Obtuse that it was just
4: it was virtually impossible to do in the United States. No, not well, without making yourself a publicly created company, which, you know. Which well, is hard to do two years before you have a product.
2: Right. Well, on the Kickstarter, if you donate as a single person, will you get anything, like, when the game comes out? Are they going to recognize you in, in any kind of way? Do you know?
1: Well, yes. Every Kickstarter gives you something for each of their donation tiers. Um, so for Camelot Unchained, the lowest tier is five bucks. You get a thank you, and that's about it. Um <laughs> Everything yeah. after that, starting at twenty five dollars or more, you get at least a copy of the game.
2: Oh, cool. Um, well, I hope that um, that uh, Nor can reach that six hundred dollars because it would be it would be cool to have us recognized, you know, as a guild donor.
1: Yeah, like personally, um, I'm planning on donating at the hundred and ten dollar level, which would get mm-hmm. me a copy of the game. Uh, three-month subscription time, a whole bunch of Founders Points, and Founders Points are used to sort of customize your order. You can, like, um, reserve multiple character names. You know, other just there's a whole menu of stuff that you can spend those points on. Um, You get, like, special recognition on their forum when you post. You'll have, you know, like a, sort of like if we post on the North Forum now, I have a Duke badge, they'll have a badge for some, you know, for hitting that level. Um, I'll get extra beta invites, so I can, you know, invite friends to the beta along with me. Um, ex- extra character slots at launch. Um, alpha access, you know, with that tier. So every, every tier has something other than the $5 tier, which is just, like, a hearty thank you and a pat on the back. Um, all right. Everything else comes with at least a copy of the game. If you're super rich and you donate the $10,000 tier, you get, like, all of the copies of the game, um, you never pay a subscription for the rest of your life. Well, you have, to re- right. you have to renew every three years at $1. Kickstarter wouldn't let them do lifetime subscriptions, but... You know, just, I
2: see. You get all
1: kinds of stuff. You get, like, in-game buildings, like, with your statue out front. Um,
2: oh, that would be awesome.
1: So there's stuff like that. Every Kickstarter works like that. Um, yeah. So well,
2: I would like to just take a second to encourage anyone that's listening that hasn't heard... Um, the episode with mark jacobs go listen to it because you know just from talking to him it it was exciting and it really made me want to get behind that game so um if you're interested go check it out and uh donate
1: and now we're going to talk about star wars
2: Star Wars.
1: that's why we Excellent. are in. that's why we have tundra here that's why we're going to have him back again in two weeks i believe uh, yes, two weeks, have 20 you, seconds. Have you started talking to your Dungeon Masters group about their availability?
3: Uh, I did. Um, I had one confirm that uh, they would be there. Uh, the other ones have, have kind of been a little too quiet, so we'll we'll find out soon. <laughs> we'll beat them with a the stick. Yes.
1: So we're going to have Tundra basically bookending the, the release of the expansion. Um, Patch 2.0 goes live tomorrow the 9th. Um, and early access for Rise of the Hutt Cartel goes live tomorrow the 9th as well,
3: correct? Correct, and it's, uh, the servers are down, I do believe, right now. Um, we're getting very close to it.
1: And anybody who didn't get early access to Rise of the Hut Cartel, they go live on the 14th.
3: Uh, yeah, about a week, week later.
1: So let's start with patch 2.0. Um, you know, they say this patch is free to everybody, but most of the stuff in it still requires the expansion because it's level 55. But let's start with legacy achievements. That's something new to Star Wars. Uh, what's the deal there?
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty exciting as far as uh, getting recognition for all the little hidden things that you find throughout the game. Um, so in the, the past, you know, if you visit all areas of the, the planet, you'll get a, a bit of a, a codex or some sort of recognition. And if you kill a, a certain boss, then you'll get another like title and some recognition so they're taking all these various achievements that you've done and putting them in one big spot uh, and now when you complete these various achievements uh, you'll get a, a guild notification which is the first time they've had that in Star Wars uh, I noticed it a lot when we were playing every quest 2 during the glue the other night where if somebody achieved something everyone gets to find out about it um, so it's just a lot of more hidden things that you can try to collect and and achieve
1: all right, and then uh, the next big point on two um, which will require the expansion is the scum and villainy operation
3: and new content is definitely uh our favorite I mean a lot of us now have have been fifty or you know cap level for a long time our uh, our rating has definitely uh, increased, uh, considerably over the last six months or so. So we're all definitely, um, definitely, uh, excited for a new operation, which is the raids, uh, for Star Wars. Uh, so Scum and Villainy is gonna be a, a higher tier raid, so we won't be able to do it super fast. Uh, we do have one scheduled though for, oh, a week, two weeks from now. I'm not 100% sure if it will be high enough level. Uh, and geared for it, though. But we'll hopefully get to log in and and at least get killed by the first couple mobs and see how that is.
1: Now this is bigger than the other operations in the game?
3: Uh, This one uh, has seven big bosses. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple mini-bosses, too, that they don't uh, keep track of. Uh, Most most of the raids currently are maybe five bosses. Um, There might be one with six. But they're relatively few. And now I was perturbed when they announced Scum
1: and Villainy because it's not in most Eisley Fate spaceport, which is where the name Scum and Villainy came from.
3: Um, yes, you never find a more wretched hive, as they say. Uh, and this one is uh, very oriented, I guess, with the, the Hut Cartel, which is based off the new expansion. So you do have a lot of uh, mercenaries and bounty hunters and and a lot of scum and villainy.
1: And they've also uh, added upgraded hard-mode flashpoints uh, and an operation. Uh, Aethys Hammer Station, something I can't pronounce, Mandalorian Raiders, and the Terror from Beyond Operation. Does that mean that the current hard-mode level 50 version of those is moving to level 55?
3: Uh, Well, interesting is those five flashpoints uh, never got a hard-mode. So you played them originally at level 30 or 15 or 45. Uh, But when you hit 50, everything is repeated at a harder level with the exception of those. So a lot of people have never played them because they skipped through them, leveled up to 50, and they weren't, you know, they out-leveled it. Uh, So it's going to be nice to see uh, those old uh, flashpoints that people haven't played in a long time, if at all now at a more challenging uh, level 55. And from what I read, they did add additional bonus bosses um, to go along with them.
1: Bringing back old dungeons for heroic or hard mode um, was very, very popular in in Warcraft. I think my favorite dungeon from Cataclysm was actually Heroic Deadmines. Um, how about you, Bo? Yep.
0: Besides it being rather difficult at first, which I think Roxy and and, and Laz knows as well, uh, yeah, that that was absolute blast.
4: <laughs> it was very challenging. I like that about that that they were able to you know make it pretty. That was pretty difficult.
3: Yeah, it's kind of a cheap way that they can put out new content without you know spending a lot of time. Um usually with the hard modes, they do add a couple extra mechanics, so it's not the exact same fight, just more hit points. Yeah, but, I mean, g- engaging
1: the the encounter designers is probably a lot cheaper than engaging all the art designers to make a whole new, you know, building with, you know, new monsters
3: and whatever in it. Yeah, and that way they can spend time on the next, you know, big release and, and still throw in some, some fluff.
1: And then the last thing in 2.0 is various class changes. Um, do you know how much classes are changing in 2.0? Is it just new abilities post-50, or is some of the, the 1 through 50 stuff getting revamped?
3: Uh, they're they're enhancing a, a couple of the, the lower class spells, um, and maybe a little bit of balancing. I, I didn't read anything too major, uh, but it looks like everybody's going to get anywhere between 1 and 3 new abilities. Um. My commando seems to only get one new ability. I'm kind of bummed about that. Some other people here have getting two or three, but uh, but that's okay, I guess.
1: Are they going to extend the what do I want to what's it called the specialization tiers any higher, or are you just going to get extra points as you level to stick in the the side tiers that aren't? the one you picked, like I'm a, a Vigilance Guardian, and right now, you know, my side points are going in focus, I think.
3: Sure. No, I have not read that. I mean, you definitely will get some brand-new spells, but I, I haven't seen any uh, Enhanced Tree uh, screenshots where, where we're getting any extra boxes, so that I will not know until tomorrow.
1: Okay, then. I think that's it for 2.0. We can move on to Rise of the Heart Cartel, and... Um, Obviously, the first thing any time an expansion comes out, the level cap goes up. Um, Star Wars is increasing it to 55, correct?
3: Uh, that's correct, 55. So a five level bump.
1: Did you participate in the the beta for Hut Cartel at all?
3: Uh, I did not. No, I all my extra game time was going to Neverwinter, so I never got around to copying my character over to test server.
1: I read on massively on their weekly Star Wars post that um there's no there's no um increase in your personal class story in rise of the hutt cartel it pretty much all surrounds the the hutt cartel storyline and the planet of McKeb, um, which they said is in their opinion easily the best planet that as far as questing and story goes that star wars has had so far um
3: is that what you're hearing from from other people uh yeah and I mean the videos and stuff of the planet itself looks like it's going to be pretty diverse and, and fun. Uh I was reading also uh, a dev interview they had where they don't have any any plans anytime soon to increase the class class stories. I think they've just found it cheaper doing one big storyline and cutting it in half one for the Sith side and one for the Republic side. Um so hopefully hopefully they'll go back to the class quest. I know a lot of people like it, but I don't foresee that in their their near future from what they were saying.
1: So now I'm going to rant about the class quest a little bit. Um, if anybody doesn't want spoilers, skip ahead five minutes. <laughs> I just finished the, the Jedi Knight class quest, finally level 50, um, playing through the whole way with my brother, who's a Jedi Consular. And pretty much the whole way... I liked the Knight class quest better than the Consular one. It was more action oriented and combat oriented. It was like being a Jedi from one of the movies. Um, but when it all ended, Jedi Consular is promoted to being on the freaking Jedi Council. Whereas me, a Jedi Knight, I killed the damn Sith Emperor. I'm not on the Jedi
3: Council. You're not very diplomatic, I think, is uh, the Who problem cares? there.
1: I <laughs> killed the Emperor! I should be the head of the Jedi Council.
3: I that should. makes you the hatchet man.
1: I should be the Jedi King.
3: See, there, there's very there few... The you uh, work. Popular... Uh, generals don't make good uh, good leaders at all.
1: Dwight really Eisenhower good built good. the interstates. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my little rant about that. Um, I'm actually okay with them not increasing the class quests for Rise of the Hutt Cartel. Um, Actually, yeah. the, the last planet on the the base game, um, Corellia, I thought was fantastic. Even without, even if I hadn't done the Jedi Knight and Jedi Consular quests on that planet, the planet story was fantastic because Bioware finally got rid of all the pretense. You know, on the on the other planets, you weren't you weren't really at war with the Sith. You know, the Sith wasn't really at war with the Republic. It was always just some side thing, like on Voss. The Sith wanted to recruit the mystics, and you didn't want to let that happen. You know, on Belsavis, the Sith was inciting the prison riot, but they weren't actually, like, openly fighting with the the Republic. And then finally you get to Corellia, and they just, they just drop all that pretense and say, okay, you're finally at war now. Do something about it. And I think it made that planet a lot more interesting to play through, um, because you weren't, you weren't always
3: just looking sidelong at the war you knew was actually happening yeah and then the the final planet, the one after that Elum, was where it, you kind of as a story perspective uh actually put you know p v p areas in the planet, so you were all out war uh and you know eventually they took that out and then just now recently put it back in but uh but I think that's what they were going for, just to build up on that whole war. <laughs> then
1: something I was not aware of, when you hit level 50 and go back to the fleet, they give you a free set of purple
3: gear. Yeah, they, well, that will be gone uh, tomorrow as well. At 50, uh, I don't care. Yeah. So,
1: what do you have planned for Nora now that the expansion is coming out and you're the man in charge? Yeah,
3: so hopefully we are uh, expanding as well. Um, this past week, uh, at April we're now up to two raids a week versus one because our raids were just getting so full. We're having to turn people away. Um, we weren't making use of our raid alliance. Um, so, so we're definitely expanding. Um, uh, I'm getting ready to, of course, to convince uh, someone to host the PVP night so we can get some, uh, pre-made four people or two sets of four people PVP matches going. Um, And, yeah, just kind of keep our steady pace of of growth.
1: Now, since you are consistently enough getting eight Nora members to fill your raid now, um, are you considering getting with your alliance to try and do um, a 16-person raid instead of an eight?
3: Uh, Yeah, we discussed that a little bit, uh, oh, two or three days ago. Uh, I do foresee that in the near future because all the raids... Can be done in either an eight or a sixteen, and um, at the moment we're going to try to uh, jump between, you know, tier one and tier two raids, and tier two and tier three, uh, tier three. So I'm guessing on the lower tier nights, maybe we'll have them not as often, but have them as large sixteen groups. That way we can get more people and their al- alts all in there. That should
1: be fun. Uh, does anybody else have any questions for Tundra about Star Wars
4: 2.0 or Rise of the Hot Cartel? I do not. Uh, that was pretty thorough. I had a question in there somewhere, yes. but I lost it, and I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> and I think it was about the conversation before, so I didn't want to, you know, back that line.
2: Well, I I did want to ask, you know, if they were planning on continuing the double
3: experience for the rest of the month. No, unfortunately that was over uh, Because of the level cap increase, they wanted to get as many people up to 50 so more people could take advantage of that. So I think that is done with. Dang,
2: I missed it.
3: They wanted to pack as many players on Maqueb as possible so that
2: they're all fighting over kills. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, and my second thing was was for Bo. I want to hear more about this ride. Or this park.
0: Uh-huh. Oh,
2: right.
0: Oh, no, that's that's just hearsay. I, I really don't have anything else to say. It's just stuff that um, Mahina hears at at work. She works at Disney. Uh, mm. You know, down the grapevine. For, yeah. those who, for those who don't know, that's um, I worked at Disney as well. That's actually where I met Mahina. Um, and we have friends in high places. we, we kind of hear things now and then.
2: That's so romantic.
0: And, and you've heard
1: that there's a, there's a rumor of a Star Wars theme park. Well, I'm not going to
0: say anything. It might be. I don't want anybody... to get anybody. you got to get his wife Maybe fired. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, th-
2: good luck finding Mahina. I'm just saying.
4: Tal's going to have to like edit this out or something so that you know Bo's wife doesn't lose her job. Aww.
2: Wow, edit me out what
4: that's I have no problem
0: with that
2: that's hurtful,
0: so no, yeah you, know, you gotta worry about that's um no, but it's just something we you know uh, we've both heard down the grapevine, and she's heard it the other day as well. We've heard it a few times so
4: i I don't know that anybody would consider this something of a you know a galloping shock I mean considering the the recent acquisition and sort of the restructuring that's going on i mean i kind of I sort of feel like maybe everybody had the sense that something like this was was coming at some point, right?
3: Yeah, I was was at Disney a couple years ago, and uh, we just happened to be there on, like, Star Wars Celebration weekend. So they Mm -hmm. were doing uh, Star Wars parades, and you could sign your kid up to be a Jedi and get uh, in a duel with Darth Vader and things like that. It was pretty cool. Cool. Well, did you duel them? No, no, my daughter was too young, so we did not get to to find any Vaders.
2: Well, let me ask you, big Star Wars fan. I mean, what would you think about that? Of having, you know, do you think that is just too commercialized? or?
3: Would, oh, that, Star Wars has been too commercialized for many years, yeah. and I've <laughs> enjoyed most of it. So. That's
0: nothing new now.
3: No, well, I think... From
0: think if, point of view, I think it's much better than an Avatar part, which is, I think, I already okay. announced and planned. So wow. It's kind of an eyebrow answer, really, so... Avatar sucks. Oh I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm not really. It does suck.
1: Shocking to nobody I'm sure, but I'm not really a big fan of theme parks.
3: What? Uh,
1: they're really okay. they're really expensive.
2: They are
0: expensive. Yes.
2: But if you know people, hint hint, then you can get in for free.
0: Yes, that, that's an offer that I've always uh, told everyone. Uh, anyone ever come to the Orlando area, you know, we have connections in all the parks. Um, we've all, I have, my wife's worked at all of them, SeaWorld, Universal, and Disney, and I've worked at Universal and Disney. So, uh yeah, if anyone uh, comes to the Orlando area that's in or just uh, give me a buzz, and um,
3: I'm sure we can work out something. I'll take you up on that because we go every couple of years. Well, there you-, you go.
2: Hey, he can show you where all the dead bodies are,
3: too. Oh,
4: <laughs> no, no.
3: <laughs> no Both
4: the rules and, and Disney policy, no displaying the bodies to the public.
0: <laughs> I, I, I cannot point out where people have died in Disney. No, I won't do that. I will. But, no, I
2: cannot <laughs> Yay. I can't wait. One day I'm coming down there and see you and your sweet wife. I love her.
1: All right, um, moving on to Realm events. Once again, there's too damn many, so I'm not listing them all. Uh, Star Wars is now doing two raids a week. Um,
3: Tuesday and Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern.
1: Rift. (laughs) Rift still has their uh, Missing Man dungeons on the schedule and the RP night with uh, our uh, alliance. Guild Wars 2 now has alternating Mondays, um, in addition to their previous... Items, they've got the Guild Wars 101, and I forgot what the other one was. I think it's jumping jumping, jumping, jumping puzzle. Yep, jumping puzzle stuff. And uh, those are
2: hard. Let me tell you, they're hard.
1: They're hard for people who have problems getting out of the fire, yes. Special boots?
2: <laughs> no, they are hard. Those jumping things are terrible.
3: Yeah, that's the worst part about Star Wars. They have these hidden... Datacrons and you got to jump for most of them, and they're just—you can ask Gillen. They're not worth it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Many, many a curse word has flown out of my mouth. I'm just. Oh yes, I agree.
1: (laughs) And then voting for the next Unity event is 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 open. Uh, Last posted that thread. Um, All of our current games are currently on the list, as well as Neverwinter, which is actually an official provisional barony, even though the game's not out yet, so...
4: Which, by the way, is fabulous.
3: Um, awesome. And, and on the 30th, we'll, we can pack some bodies in, so more the merrier. Yeah, and if yeah. anyone... In the
4: uh, League, Neverwinter anyway. You know, I mean, I it, think it's between Star Wars, Sitside, and, and Neverwinter.
3: Yeah, it is starting to, to pull away from the pack. Um, if we do go Dead yeah, I, I don't know if we want to put it off a week or so, so people that do plan on playing can get their bearings or just have everyone complete chaos and, and everyone kind of learn from each other. Oh, chaos. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. chaos sounds
4: good.
2: Yeah, chaos.
4: As opposed to the other way that Nenowar does things?
2: Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. You have chaos or chaos. Yeah, the nice,
1: the nice thing about Neverwinter is you get all the benefits of free-to-play, so anybody can get in there and do it. And it has modern graphics like Guild Wars 2 or Star Wars. Um,
2: it's very pretty.
1: I mean, the only, the only, I think the only complaint anybody had about DDO and EverQuest 2, as far as the Unity events went, I think everybody had fun. But you know, those two games are old now, so they're ugly. Um, so Neverwinter sort of, it's, you know, it'll be brand new, it'll look nice, it'll be free to play for everybody. So that would be, would be a nice option if, it, if the voting, voting holds true. Um, and I like that the Unity event is no longer—it's no longer anybody's baby. Um, I first proposed it. Tundra was dumb enough to speak up about it, so he had to to make it happen. Um, but since then, it's sort of it's sort of become its own thing, and everybody picks up the slack where they need to. So that's kind of nice.
3: Yeah, and especially if it gets to where we're repeating games and we're going to have a more recruiting focus because, uh, you know, at this point they have been more social, uh, you know, seeing people we haven't seen for a long time. But if they, if they are happening more often, uh, like Lass would like for it to happen, uh, I think people will get more comfortable in their characters, they'll level up a little higher, and be more open to to recruiting and, and talking to non-guildies that are playing.
4: I, don't, I, I feel like this is kind of a, a way that we... Actually, we may be going in anyway, you know, we're not, no one's really tied. I mean, almost all of us play more than one game, you know, and it, it's particularly with the, the rash of of, uh, of free-to-play games, it's just become easier and easier to migrate between games kind of constantly. You know, we're going to, uh, you know, get away maybe from having, you know, home realms where we're absolutely tied to and, and, and just sort of be floating back and forth between games. And I, I think it would be great for recruiting in a couple of ways, uh, mostly because, you know, if you've got somebody who's on the fence or is just not sure about us, they can join us at one of these events, meet everybody, hang out with everybody, and, you know, see if everybody's a good fit. And, you know, if they decide that they want to apply or make it official, they can do it then.
2: Yeah, Lass, I agree with you 100%. You know, the Guild just seemed to be so stagnant for a few years. And... um you know, your or Tallow's idea of the glue and how it all fell into place, that's wonderful growth for the guild, you know. Um And it actually kind of reminds me back in the Euserbius days, the olden days, where, you know, all you had to do to, to visit another branch was just go to another room, you know. And these games are essentially just rooms, you know, so free-to-play has
3: really helped us yeah definitely and it, it kind of almost competes with the the console gaming because you know people are so used to you know what am I in the mood for today and switch the the game disc and now with the Mmos you can oh this one's free that one's free. I haven't played that in a while' and sure. you can go back and forth
1: plus I mean if you have a game that you still want to play that's a subscription game like rift or wow, you don't have to you don't have to make that choice well do I want to now pay thirty dollars a month? To play two games, you can still pay your subscription on that one game and you can go play another one for free yeah it's 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 gonna be great. I think that they still haven't announced what the business model for Elder Scrolls is. I think it's gonna have a subscription um I think it will also be the last major subscription based m m o but I also said that about Star Wars, and you know now Elder Scrolls looks like it'll have one too, so who knows. But free-to-play is going to be great. Great for Noir all around. I wish... I wish Guild Wars 2 had some kind of buddy pass system so that we could have a, a Guild Unity event in Guild Wars 2 that didn't cost everybody 60 bucks. Yeah.
3: yeah. Or at least they announced Free Weekend. That's multiple weeks in advance.
1: Yes, because last time they announced yeah. a free weekend, they announced it the week before our DDO Guild Unity event. That's the last time they announced a
4: free weekend. Um so that that was just crap. But, but they uh, did they announce it that week or did they we just not catch it until the week before?
1: They didn't announce it. They announced it like a week or two went, our, our Unity event was already scheduled. I mean they were prepping their hours for who's gonna play and uh-huh. and when when guild was announced they were gonna have that free weekend, so that sucked.
2: Well, you know, um as we go along, the glues are getting easier. You know, people know, well, i got to download the game, and they're getting into the game, and so maybe, you know, if that happens again, you know, we can just do
3: a spur the moment glue event. That would be great. Yeah, the more they happen and we're repeating games, everything's going to be pre-downloaded, just a couple update patches here and there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and our attendance was, uh, for the first two it's listed on the wiki as 25 and the third one at 29. Um, hopefully, you know, one day we'll get that up to like 50, but, you know, great. we'll see
4: where it gets.
2: Oh, that'd be great.
4: Yeah, the only reason I was pushing for, for more for more events was just to, like, if we if we did it three or four times a month, you know, it's, uh, we're not going to be getting back to DDO until next year, so I'd, I'd really like to be able to swing back on the realms that we, you know, we first visited, and you know, if everybody gets the idea that well, oh, January is DDO month, so we know we know it's we on the DDO in January, and then Star Wars is February, and you know that kind of thing. If it gets just to, to so regular, so that it's routine, I I, don't, I think that the the attendance will rise. I mean, maybe it's not every month, but you know, if it's something that's identifiably regular that that you know, kind of everybody knows.
1: I still think that just from here on out, they should all be in Neverwinter, but that's just me. <laughs>
4: that's a branch.
3: This is the branch. Tal is really excited for the foundry, where we can create our our own dungeons and uh, make them guild-themed and and run people through our inside jokes and things like that.
4: Well, that'll be a
2: guess. That would be fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Have you um, had an uh, opportunity to experiment with that, Tundra?
3: I I have not. Uh, Pinky spent some time in there, and he had some good stories. Uh, I opened cool. it up once, and uh, I just didn't have time to to play around.
4: Now I got to tell you, if I got a, if I got into the game, that is the first place I would go. I, I would I'd make my character, and I'd be off to the foundry screwing around with that. Did you try it in um, Star Wars Online or Star Trek
1: Online? I, did I, I, I've never yeah, played that.
4: I know Last did. Um, at least he tried it. I popped into the game, and it was... I I don't remember why or or, or how long I was even there, but it was, for whatever reason, it was extremely awkward getting around, and I just wasn't terribly impressed with the game, frankly, and I I, I never really got back to it. Well, that's my problem.
1: My only real reservation for Neverwinter is that I've never played a cryptic game and come away thinking, man, that was great. Um, So, cryptic and obviously they're with a perfect world on this one, new publisher for them, but that they're going to have to do better than they've done in the past.
3: Well, I've not played any of the other ones, but uh, so I can't compare it. I'm definitely liking what I've seen so far of Neverwinter. So aside from the, you know, the combat's just totally different from, you know, EverQuest 2 and Star Wars where you, you know, tab and hit your F1 yeah. key to target someone, <laughs> you just don't have any of that, so it's something to get used to. challenging.
1: All right, moving on to squirings and promotions. Uh, Everything from Guild Wars 2 this week, um, at least for squirings and promotions. New squire, Kiva. uh, Two champions, which, as Lass has said many, many times, should be the most common rank in the guild. Um, Bettany and Alzadel are both champions now in Guild Wars 2. Too many times, apparently.
2: Very well deserved promotions, by the way.
1: Yes. And yeah. obviously when she took over that branch sale, it was a champion, so she knows what it takes to hold that rank, so um Bettany, I mean Betney is wow. like if you log into TeamSpeak and Betny's not online, you're probably you're online at Dream. three in the morning. she's I'm amazed she's not an officer already. I'm amazed she hasn't gone insane for given how given how mm-hmm. often she's online. But
2: <laughs> she's <laughs> Some... the most helpful person. You know, if you want, if you need help with something, I'm telling you, literally, she'll stop what she's doing, and she will find you and help you.
4: Yes,
1: um, I haven't. I didn't play Guild Wars two for very long, but if I had a question or I needed help, and she was online, uh, she was the first person to answer every time.
2: Yes. So congratulations, guys.
1: Yes, congratulations, all three of you. Uh, we've got some birthdays. Ziera is turning 19.
2: Yay!
1: Good God. OJ is turning 24.
2: <laughs>
0: Woohoo!
1: Some of that may be why those two are so good at hijacking forum threads.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Tamiyos is turning 30. He's a recruit, and I forget which realm he's on he's uh, Star him. Wars. He's Star yeah, he, Wars. Plays, he plays Star Wars and he plays Rift. Um, yeah, I just came over to Rift. Yeah, I saw him. On That's on, on probably why
3: I haven't seen him in a couple of days, <laughs> a
1: couple of weeks. I, I yeah. saw him online in Rift. Every couple of days, I log into Rift on my level seven character because I can log in on Rift Lite for free, um, and I go to the dimension to see if Imalta has added anything or changed anything, and I take some screenshots and post them to the forum. So um, every now and then, when I log in, I see uh, Tamaos there. So good on you. A recruit in multiple games. That doesn't happen very often.
2: No, but that's a good thing.
4: Yeah, no, that's a good thing. It's a stitch uh. is kind of a ghost town at the moment, so it's a shame that he doesn't have more company.
1: Well, Imaltus and Mezzieville are there a lot. And then our last yeah. birthday is Arizin, who's turning 32. I believe Arizon is Sweet Pea's son. That yes. That sounds about right. Yep.
3: Yeah. Well, happy
2: birthday, everybody.
3: That's all I've got. Does anybody else want anything... Uh, yes, uh, I forgot we have, uh, two branch meetings on the 13th. Uh, Star Wars at 7 Eastern, we have a branch meeting, and then a, a World Boss, uh, event afterwards. And then it looks like, uh, Sayella is hosting a Guild Wars 2 branch meeting at 8 Eastern. So you could go to both if you wanted.
2: Oh, awesome.
3: I would love and, to go to both. And I think that's all I got.
4: I have, like, I have, like, two
1: gigabytes of patches to download for Guild Wars.
4: To get through that Mech Warrior Online patch?
1: I got up to five of 29, and then I turned it up. Oh,
4: God.
2: Are y'all still playing that?
4: Not really, no. I, I haven't played it in... It's probably been a couple of weeks, anyway, since I even turned um, it on.
2: I got last hooked on SimCity.
4: He did. He oh, did.
2: SimCity.
4: No. Yeah, I've been stuck on that.
2: Well, you know, I got Minecraft, but no, not SimCity.
4: I like SimCity. It's fun. It's buggy as hell. I'm having a hard time with my city now that the population's large.
2: Wow. Hey, Bo, have you got
4: SimCity? Uh, I do not. I don't think Bo's a Simmer.
2: I love the the early SimCities, the original ones, but um, I just haven't gotten the new one.
4: Oh, you know, Tal, I did want to mention something to go back to the roster real quick, or the, the awards, actually, uh, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention is just to sort of get this in everybody's ear in case they're listening. Um, the um, the There's three awards that I'm, I'm hoping to offer the membership, the New Member of the Year Award and the Member of the Year and the Officer of the Year. And I'm, I'm sort of imagining that the uh, officers and members will – pick these people themselves the, the recipients themselves so by some mechanism that we can kind of get into um you know there'll be a nomination process and then a voting process and then and then somebody will be you know awarded this medal for the year um whatever you know year we decide to start this on and i don't know i just I wanted to mention it because i thought that might be might be fun for everybody to to kind of be involved in that process
2: Absolutely, and I already know who I'm nominating for Officer of the Year.
1: Well, thank you.
2: No, I'm nominating me. Have <laughs> up with you guys.
1: <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Anybody else?
4: yeah all like To stand in the fire award. <laughs> we should have an award that's
1: for that. You All right, everybody, give me a hail nor, and we will sign off.
2: Hail Noir. Hail Hail. Noir. Hail Noir. Hail Noir.